0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash.
2: What is up everybody? Welcome to another edition of drive for show DFS for Doe here on Roto grinders Happy to be back in the mix here this week. We took last week off with the tournament being over a holiday weekend. Uh, pretty rough, uh, obviously field last week as usual for the John Deere classic. So even though I like the event, uh, it's uh, just wasn't a week where it came together to uh, to do the live show last week with the holidays. But uh, we're back after a week away. Uh, I know uh, my co-host, Mr. Notorious, got uh, got a little breather there. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully everybody's refreshed and ready to go for the Scottish Open this week. Of course, I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. And I do have Mr. Derek Farnsworth alongside Uh, Noto, Hope you enjoyed some time off. And uh, did you go anywhere special? Yeah,
3: good to be back. Uh, nowhere special. Just went to uh, my grandma's little town uh, in southern Utah, so I had some fun uh, for the 4th of July. Now we're back. Uh, a little disappointed that uh, we're not getting better contests for the barbersaw. I kind of like uh, that event. I like having two sweats at once. Uh, that way I can uh, have something alive at least uh, on the weekend. But yeah, John Deere was good. Yeah. Um, it was really close to being uh, a great week. You know, I had Brendan Todd outright. Um, he ended up falling apart there at the end. And then all I needed from Chris Kirk was a top 20 for one of my parlays. And he uh, bogeyed his final hole to finish T21. So uh, a little bit frustrating on Sunday.
2: That's never fun when that happens, though. The 18th hole is one of the more difficult holes there at uh, at the John Deere. And it was really interesting because Sepp Straka made a double bogey there on eighteen. On Sunday, he was 11 under for his round uh, and he started the day in 14th place. So he was, you know, there was like six groups behind him. And so he was at 23 under par uh, and makes a double bogey there on 18. And, you know, then he's at 21 under and you just have to sweat uh, whether or not anybody is going to catch you. Uh, And then Brendan Todd and Alex Smalley were there in the final group and could not quite uh, chase him down there on the back nine. Smalley had a good really good round on Saturday to climb up the leaderboard, uh, but could not make enough birdies on Sunday. And then of course, Todd uh, had gotten within a stroke, uh, three putted 16, and then uh, could not birdie the par five and ended up falling a couple of strokes back. So uh, could have been uh, in there and and maybe force a playoff, but uh, struggled on those final couple holes there. And just a tournament where you know you can see one super low round. Uh, like Smalley had on Saturday, a 62, and then Straka with what could have been a 60 or even a 59 on Sunday. Uh, Aberg got in the mix as well with a 63 on Sunday. And Grayson and Murray up out of nowhere as the first-round leader and uh, also kind of held the ship together and finished inside the top 10 himself. So it's never a surprise when this happens at the John Deere Classic because it tends to be a birdie fest because it's a weak field you're going to see some surprises, but I did not have a Grayson Murray first round leader on my bingo card last week.
3: Yeah. And uh, I think he's in the field for the Barbasol. So if you want to get uh, some exposure to him, you'll have to hurry because uh, some of the contest already almost filling for, uh, for the Barbasol, which is crazy, but uh, yeah, pretty good uh, week from him. Uh, I think Seb Schock was nine back after the first round. Um, pretty crazy to see that, especially in a birdie fest um, to see him come back. But yeah, I mean, Todd had a six-footer for birdie to to tie on, what was it, 15? And then uh, three-putted 16 uh, from 22 feet. So uh, that kind of, you know, got rid of his chances. Uh, I'm happy for Straka. I mean, it kind of had shades of the the playoff that he had with Zalatoris where he hit it in the water a couple times in the playoff. Um, ended up losing that to, to Willie Z. So good to see him get the win. And got to think he's going to be on the European Ryder Cup team now.
2: Yeah, that's crazy, uh, and you look at all the guys that U.S. has to choose from, it uh, will be interesting to see how the uh, the odds end up shaking out once the rosters are are announced, But and I do stand corrected, by the way, Jonas Blixt was the first-round leader, Murray was in second place, uh, I forgot about Blixt shooting nine under and, and uh, taking the lead there uh, in the first round, but anyway, Murray was in the mix uh, and finished top 10, but didn't want somebody with a first round leader Murray ticket that did not cash uh, to come trying to hunt me down because that was wrong. Um, Anyway, and not a whole lot. I think otherwise for takeaways from last week, almost everybody that is playing this week didn't really play last week. Uh, Obviously we're going over uh, to Europe now for the Scottish open and then for the open championship. Uh, I guess Cameron young was maybe another story from last week, probably the biggest name in last week's field. Lots of, you know, bold takes one way or the other on him. And uh, he did find a little something uh, though. He faded a bit on the weekend. Uh, He was definitely the betting favorite heading into Saturday uh, where he shot even par and, and fell back a little bit. So anything else from last week's event that you want to pass along before we turn the page? Uh, It
3: was another good week for the young guys. Uh, Ludwig Aberg with the big Sunday to finish T4. Peter Quest was up there, um, kind of fell apart on Sunday and then, William uh, Mao, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name just yet, but, uh, yeah, he was uh, right up there with the the leaders in terms of ball striking. I think he got some starts uh, due to the PGA Tour U. Um, So, yeah, it's fun seeing those uh, young guys play
2: well. Absolutely. Um, And uh, I put Peter Quest in my article, GPP article, last week, so it was nice to see him playing well. And I believe that finished uh, secured him a special temporary membership. Um, I believe. So yeah, it was uh, nice to see. He's had a couple solid weeks in a row. So all right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, turn the page, move forward to the Scottish Open this week. We've got a tournament that was held on the European Tour for a couple of years. Then starting last year, it became a uh, co-sanctioned event between the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, which makes sense now, particularly with the new strategic partnership or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, and uh, the event will be contested again here this year, heading into uh, open championship week next week. Um, this is, I believe the fourth year uh, that it will be played either on the Euro tour or the PGA tour at uh, the same course, uh, the Renaissance club, which will be used again this year. So, uh, what do you got for talking points on the uh, event and the course this week?
3: So, yeah, we've actually had four years of course history so far. So this will be the fifth year that they've played it. Um, it is not your classical Lynx course. Um, there's actually quite a bit of rough on the course, quite a few trees as well. So it's not going to play like your your typical Lynx course that you see in Scotland. Uh, and everything depends on the weather In um, the calm conditions. We've seen it play nearly two strokes under par. When it gets windy and rainy, um, it definitely plays a lot easier. And based on the forecast that we've seen, uh, at least right now, it looks like it's going to be a lot of lot of rain leading up to the event. So we could see a lot softer course than we saw last year. It was pretty firm and fast uh, when they did play it here last year. So I'm expecting better scores this time around. um, The fairway is pretty narrow, um, and they're tough to hit for everyone. I was looking at the. Driving accuracy was less than 50% for the field last year. Uh, green regulation was less than 60%, but I do expect those numbers to go up if it is going to be a little bit softer. The greens feature fescue grass, um, a lot slower than we typically see on the PGA Tour, 7,000 square feet, so you're going to have to avoid three putts. And, yeah, I mean, there's not too much penalty if you do miss the fairways, uh, one of the lower missed fairway penalties on the PGA Tour. So definitely prefer longer Um, drivers of the ball this week compared to the accuracy guys. If you play on the European tour, if you play a lot in Scotland, play in the wind, I think all those are helpful uh, in terms of trying to pick a winner this week. Uh, Anything else you want to add?
2: Yeah, so if you look at the winning scores for the four times it's been played here, uh, minus 7, minus 18, minus 11, and minus 22. So that goes to show you the variance based on the weather conditions. And uh, if you're curious, last year's winner was – Xander Schauffele, that was the first year it was the uh, co-sanctioned event. Uh, Then the three previous winners on the European Tour were Minwoo Lee, uh, who is uh, rounding into form uh, right now as well. Aaron Rye and Bern Wiesberger, remember that guy? Uh, He was the uh, winner of the first uh, event here that was held at the Renaissance Club in 2019. So... Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, you mentioned rain heading up to the event, so uh, certainly, unless the winds really kick up, you would expect to see a winning score maybe closer to that minus eighteen from a couple years ago, as opposed to the the seven under from Shawfully. But it's, you know, it's just hard to put the put all the data together because you don't get the full shot tracker for this event. I don't know what the European the European Tour has redesigned their tools a million times over the last couple years. I don't follow it close enough to to know like, if their shot-by-shot shot data has improved. I know it used to be horrible, but I, maybe you know more than I do. But anyway.
3: I mean, I know they, they have Shot Tracker, but I'm not watching the live coverage, so I don't really know, you know how accurate it is. But I imagine it's gotten a lot better than when they started it. And to that point, this is a good week to um, ignore the stat models, at least for the guys that do play mostly on the European tour. So somebody like Robert McIntyre. Uh, Alexander Bjork. Those guys are going to have, you know, just a couple starts on the PJ Tour, so their stats are going to be bad because they're most likely just in the majors. So uh, I would not look at those too closely and try to look at form um, on the European Tour for those guys. All right, let's go ahead and
2: dig in. Uh, should be a fun tournament. It is a very strong field, obviously, with the major uh, and the Open Championship next week. Lots of guys are using this as kind of their last uh, prep event. Uh, headed into that open championship so we've got uh, what seems to be somewhat soft ish pricing Uh, we're taping this on monday night so we actually don't have our projections out yet so apologies our lineup hq uh, is still blank but uh, we do have the field list in there so we've got four golfers above 10k this week scheffler mcelroy Shoffley, and patrick cantlay Uh, how are you handling that top group this week
3: it's hard to go wrong with any of them. Uh, my model slightly prefers Xander and Cantley um, over Rory and Scheffler. Um, they kind of have the, the complete package. You know, they don't have any weaknesses. Xander won here last year. Cantlay was fourth here last year. Both of them are on a pretty impressive top 30 streaks. So uh, I think from a safety perspective, I like those two a little bit more. Rory's been playing great. Um, it's hard to see him win in the week before a major, but uh, I guess it could happen. And then Scheffler, I'm going to go uh, with a hot take here. I'm going to say he finishes outside of the top 12 for the first time this year. Um, I don't think he's going to finish far outside the top 12, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the course sets up for him as good as you know most of the courses in America.
2: Yeah, he's going to finish 13th and it's going to yeah. be still be a W. That's crazy how, uh, how good he's been this year. Obviously, we've talked about that pretty much every week, uh, but if you look at uh, even if you go 50 rounds, which is crazy uh, in this field, tee to green first, ball striking first, off the tee first, approach first, around the green first, uh, putting 120th. So um, that's basically Shuffler in a nutshell. He's dominant even <laughs> though he can't putt uh, at the moment. But uh, just hard to, hard to go wrong with him. Uh, we are seeing him at a point now, though, where he, he is priced, you know, where it's a conversation of, Hey, save seven hundred and go to Rory. Save you know fourteen hundred and go to Can'tley. Uh, obviously, you can you know you can decide for all these guys are good golfers. Uh, you don't need us to tell you that. But um, you know if salary becomes a constraint, then if it was only two or three hundred dollars difference, like, and that's how how DraftKings kind of used to price the top guys. You know there was always only two three hundred dollars difference. Uh, between the top option and then the next guys. But now with Scheffler playing so well, uh, he's he's got a pretty decent gap there. So uh, I don't mind taking an underweight stance on him as well. Um, and I will probably just take the discount with KLA or, or Xander. And you can certainly start lineups in the nine Ks too uh, and, and feel okay about it. Because again, fairly deep field the week before a major, um, so as we get into the nine ks you've got Fitzpatrick, you've got Hovland, you've got Hatton, uh, Ricky Fowler, obviously with his big run of form, it will be interesting to see how Fowler plays coming off a win. You know, a lot of times we don't like to target guys coming off of a win, particularly when it's their first win in quite some time. But, you know, with Ricky, maybe that's just relief and now he can go play free and easy. And, you know, he's been really good for the last two months. So, uh, we'll be interesting to see how Ricky plays. We've got Fleetwood speeth. Lowry, Wyndham Clark, uh, all in the 9K range this week. You got a couple of favorites out of that group.
3: Yeah, I agree with Justin in the chat. I really like Tommy Fleawood this week. He's betting him top 20. Um, I might as well. I might go ahead and bet him outright as well. Um, He's never won on the PGA Tour, so it would be like perfect for him to win the co-sanctioned event that wasn't in America. Uh, I feel like it is. Stats they've been solid across the board all all season. He's got two top fives here and three starts, so I really like Fleawood. I also like uh, Terrell Hatton at 9,600. He's been playing great, no weakness in his game, Uh, similar to Tommy Fleawood. And he's three for three here as well, Um, all three top 25s. So I think those two uh, could be your starting two if you would like to build you know a balanced lineup, a very safe lineup. And I don't know what to do with Ricky. You made some good points about you know maybe this will. The win will just propel him forward. Um, he's obviously had plenty of experience winning on the PGA Tour, and now that that's that monkey's off his back, maybe he just keeps it going. He's won the Scottish Open before; it was at a different course, but I do think he's interesting. Everybody's probably going to be fading him coming off the win. That's just what people do. So I think he's one of the more interesting tournament plays. Outside of that, I don't have any strong takes. I mean, Spieth hasn't played since the U.S. Open. Got to think that uh, this course would suit his game more creativity. Um, you know playing in europe then you see mostly in the just uh the target practice uh in America but uh yeah i don't know do you have any strong takes on speed or anyone else here
2: <laughs> do i have any strong takes on speed you know better than the they can,
3: they question. can be they can be bad bad <laughs> takes
2: um yeah i just we haven't you know he, he played well at the memorial but otherwise i mean it's been back to April since we've really seen anything out of him i I can't pay the premium. Um, I know these are the types of courses, too, where he can, you know, play well and get creative, but I think I'd rather play Fleetwood. I think I'd rather even take the chance on Ricky. I uh, need the intel on whether this is a course that Hatton likes or not. Uh, you know, he tends to play over here quite a bit. So um, Same
3: for uh, Fitz. If this is a course that Fitz grew up playing or went to <laughs> rent to with his family, then uh, he's going to win. For whatever reason, those are those are the courses he likes.
2: Yeah, um, but I, I otherwise no. I outside of Fleetwood, um, you know, Lowry always tends to play well over here, and he's in solid form. Maybe not spectacular, but 12th, 16th, sixteenth, forty third, twentieth, nineteenth. His last five starts, but he's also priced up. I mean, it, you know, I would have expected to see him maybe oh five or six hundred, seven hundred dollars cheaper. Uh, in this field and you know maybe his odds are are sky boosted too uh because that's obviously what the pricing is generally set on but i haven't looked too deep at his numbers yet but uh would make sense if he's kind of in that same range but so i like lowry and i think he's a little bit overpriced uh, but that should also keep the ownership down a little bit so yeah lowry would be my GPP guy in that mix i think
3: yeah, I like that call, and I get the feeling that nobody's gonna play Wyndham Clark. Just seems like uh, you know, coming off the win at the U.S. Open, he was pretty low on the next week, and then now we're going over to Europe. So um, if he's low owned, I might go there. He did finish top twenty here last year, and he's obviously you know a much different golfer now. Uh, Mr. Greg making a joke about Peter Quest, um, he might end up uh, you know making uh, making a run at the barbasol and just securing that that BJ Tour card full time. So. Uh, twenty-five to one. If you want to get on uh, Peter Quest,
2: Peter Quest is ten k at the Barbasol. That's the old Noto <laughs> says he wants. Uh, he wants bigger contests for the Barbasol because he enjoys the pain of trying to find a roster um, of six guys that you know you actually kind of like. Uh, and for that reason, I had to pull up the pricing. Ooh. Have you have you looked yet?
3: Oh yeah, I ran the model. I'm ready to. I've, I've got a lineup built. I'm ready to go.
2: Lucas Glover at ten point three K, your most expensive golfer on the board. Um, it's,
3: uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting film. Boy, I like, look at some uh, of these
2: names. I haven't heard of some of these guys in forever. I brought I brought up Viesberg earlier. Maybe he's playing in the uh, maybe he's playing in the Barbasol. Interesting. I've got myself sidetracked scrolling the, through the Barbasol field. The guy
3: that's number six in my model, Marcus Hellig killed don't know who he is.
2: Model likes him.
3: Model likes him.
2: Uh, Good luck, bon voyage, to those (laughs) playing the Barbasol contest. Uh, I'm going to need about five hours of prep time if you want me to put anything across on that right now on Monday evening. We'll stick to the guys we know um, here. And uh, I think the 8K range, I mean, the balance bill does have some appeal, I think, this week because the 9K range is a little hit or miss. I think Min Woo Lee is going to gain a lot of steam as a past champion on this course, rounding into good form. He's 8,900. Uh, you've got Justin Rose having a strong year playing, you know, in Europe. You've got Tom Kim. You've got Sung J M. Im. Uh, you've got Justin Thomas now down. at The mighty have fallen toward Justin Thomas now is 8,300 uh, and just looks completely lost on the golf course. Aberg coming off another strong week at 8,200 you got Scott and Connors in here as well. So I think the 8K range is really, really interesting. Uh, And, you know, with Minwoo Lee, fifth at the U.S. Open, ninth at the Travelers, uh, went over and played the uh, British Masters two weeks ago, finished 15th there. He won here in 2021. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about just the upside from him. And, yeah, he had a little bit of a hiccup there in uh, the Masters and basically in April and May. But, uh, has rebounded really nicely since and obviously has the history uh, on this course. So uh, I think Min Woo Lee is going to gain quite a bit of steam this week.
3: Yeah, uh, it's hard not to like him. He's one of the more volatile golfers, I would say, in this range. So if you do you know, play tournaments, uh, he's a guy I would look at. But um, if he's going to be highly owned, I like to fade those volatile golfers. Justin Rose is my favorite guy in this range. Um, he just recently played the British Masters, same with uh, Minwoo, finished fourth. He's been a top-ten machine all year, um, plenty of experience in Europe. So I like Rose quite a bit. Then you mentioned you know, JT being lost on the course. Uh, he also looked lost at Wimbledon. I don't know if you saw those pictures. He looked like he didn't know where he was. Uh, everyone was making jokes about the the weed gummies hitting a little too hard uh, for <laughs> JT. There. I did
2: not see that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, him, Spieth, and Ricky, they uh, they all dressed up. They look pretty good. Um, although Spieth uh, didn't seem to find an iron. Uh, his, his suit was pretty pretty wrinkled. That was the other joke going around Twitter. But, uh, yeah, he's one of the more interesting decision points. I mean, he's got two top tens here. Historically, elite to green. He's got all the shots for the wind uh, that we know about. So I'll probably take uh, some JT, but –
1: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com bluewire for a $3 trial set.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: I mean, I don't know. You couldn't make anything at the Rocket Mortgage, for goodness sakes. if <laughs> You can't make anything there. Yes, I, to answer the question, yes. Um but I just don't think he's a lock at the moment. Uh, I will pend pending projected ownership on. Like if he's the most are you thinking like most popular golfer in the field?
3: No, but top 5, I would say. I don't know. I'm I'm never good at ownership. So.
2: Yeah. No, no, that's that's why it's not our lane. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if he is, I think that's a GPP fade, uh, until he shows us something. Um, I mean, then you got Aberg on the other end of that spectrum who just looks ridiculous. I mean, we haven't seen somebody come onto the PGA tour and look so comfortable, uh, in a while. And yeah, I know it was the John Deere and, you know, not, not a strong field, but dudes made 47 birdies and two Eagles the last two tournaments. So, um, you know, I shouldn't be unfamiliar with Links courses. Uh, Adam Scott's been playing really well. Like, you can live in this range if you want to and field a pretty good lineup.
3: Yeah, I like the range quite a bit. Corey Connor is a good ball striker. For whatever reason, he hasn't played great here, but uh, he's been he's been awesome with the with the irons. And then Max Home was an interesting tournament play for me. For whatever reason, uh, my model always loves him, and he just hasn't been in the best of form, but. T16 here last year really doesn't have a weakness in his game. And I think he could get overlooked at 8,800.
2: All right. So let's go ahead and move into the seven Ks. Interesting mix of players in here as well. And I think this is a spot to note, you know, naturally people will gravitate towards the players that they know the players that they see on the PGA tour. Obviously there's going to be a lot more European tour guys, especially as we get into the seven K range. But, I mean, a lot of these guys might end up with lower ownership than their PGA Tour counterparts. So uh, just don't sleep on them in some uh, GPP builds. And we're seeing a lot more European guys play on the PGA Tour a little more regularly. So maybe this isn't as noteworthy as it was, you know, maybe two years ago. But uh, Alex Smalley coming off a strong week at the John Deere. Aaron Rye, a past champion on this course. Um You've got the kind of PGA Tour household names like Harmon and Woodland in here, and then you've got the more Euro Tour guys uh, like Dietrich and Ryan Fox, my boy Ryan Fox, back in our lives this week. Uh, and, uh, and he's still been having a pretty solid year. So what are your thoughts on the uh, 75 to $7,900 range?
3: I never quite understand why. The 75 to 8,000 range is like never any golfers. I think there's eight this week, and then from 7,000 to 7,500, there's 36 golfers. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, but in that small range, uh, I don't mind D Tree at 7,500. He's got the course history, back to back top tens, and he's four for four here. You mentioned Brian Harmon, I think he was DFL here last year, um, which is not great. But I went back and looked at his open um, track record, and he's been pretty good um, at that major. He's got two top tens in a row coming into the event. So I'll probably go back to Brian Harmon and that's maybe some Aaron Rye. I don't mind Aaron Rye. Um, what about the Hoygaard brothers and you know, Erasmus Rasmus coming off of the win last week at the Himmerland. And then I think Nikolai is a little cheaper, but uh,
2: any, any interest in those two? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see and Nikolai's not in as good a form either um, and missed a cut last week. So yeah, probably Rasmus if I had to choose, uh, he does have a third as well over the last couple months, but uh, I don't know. I mean, GPPs, if they're like five, six percent, uh, I don't mind, but you know, you know me, I'll just end up playing Ryan Fox because that's what I do. So,
3: <laughs> what about the uh, the motivation factor for Nikolai? Just I had to see his twin brother win. Now, uh,
2: now, now you it's his term. there the you part. go, you can make that case. I mean, it just the form miscut, miscut. 21st at the rocket mortgage miscut. I don't know. Fine, I guess, but it's, it's not like he's in the six K's either. Yeah. So, and, the, but those are the guys that you're probably going to get at, you know, lower ownership because people aren't familiar with them. But, I mean, that's going to be all those, your, your tour guys. Like, am I going to take Hoy guard over Bobby Mack at the same type of price? Probably not. Um, And Bobby Mack was fourth last week, too, at the uh, DP World Tour event and has made three cuts in a row. So give me Bobby Mack if you're making me choose a Euro guy in that range that's not named Ryan Fox.
3: Yeah, I like that. Uh, Question from Mr. Gerg. Does it make sense to target more of the Euro value plays uh, compared to the guys we typically see in America? I'd say yes. Uh, There are quite a few that I like in this lower 7K range. Uh, What about you?
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Fox, all joking aside, you know, I think it's fine. McIntyre is probably my favorite. Um, I'll probably end up putting him in my article this week. You know, Moronk is another guy that uh, could be a good fit here that, you know, these guys, most people just don't know about these guys. Jordan L. Smith is in the field. Uh, Guys that, you know, have had really good Euro tour success where, you know, people are going to be more comfortable clicking the names they know, like, uh, you know Keith Mitchell or uh, Eric Cole or Doug Gim, or maybe not Doug Gim, but Seamus Power, uh, somebody like that. So, yeah, I like the Euro Tour guys in this 7K range for sure.
3: Yep. I like Bobby Mack. Um, I like Jordan L. Smith. He's a guy that uh, tends to play really well, good ball striker on the European tour. And then my favorite is going to be Alexander Bjork. I worry that he's going to become like the, the popular value play of the week. He's coming off of four straight top tens. He's four for four at this event. He's made 90% of cuts um, over the last 14 months, and when he does make the cut, he tends to to play pretty well. So he's going to be my favorite, but I do think he might end up being uh, pretty popular. A couple other names, uh, Yaus Luton at 7,100, if you want to look at him. He's also a guy that makes a lot of cuts on the European tour. Uh, Bazudenhout, he's won seven times worldwide, two on the European tour, five on the Sunshine tour. Coming off of a miscut last week, I did like him a lot at the John Deere, but I think that's going to help lower his ownership. I mean, he was he was ninety nine thousand something like that last week at the John Deere. So seventy two hundred feels like a discount on Sebes.
2: Yeah, it was weird to see some of the guys um, at the John Deere. You were not. Uh, we didn't do a show last week, so I actually I almost always go, um, but on the monday uh the third so the day before the fourth of july um we got our our oldest son we rented a uh, water slide slash bouncy house thing for our kids for it was our oldest 13th birthday so uh and i mean these things are bigger than you'd expect and so it was like 20 maybe 20 or 25 feet Um, and then you get, you know, the hose running on it and stuff. And I mean, of course, with it being the 4th of July and stuff, all the adults wanted to, you know, take part in the water slide fun as well. And man, when you got a little more weight on you and you're, you know, flying, I had like a dry fit shirt on, so I'm flying down that water slide. And then, you know, you hit the little ramp thing at the end and my feet would fly up in the air. Well, uh, one trip down, my left foot bent the wrong way uh, at the bottom. So I ended up with a broken big toe Jeez. Uh, out of it. And so there was no uh, walking around the uh, the John Deere classic for me last week. So I was stuck watching on the uh, uh, featured groups, uh, which was fine. Uh, but the weather was beautiful. Of course, it was probably the best weather we've had. It wasn't like 100 degrees for once. But, um, you know you can have like a three hole stretch. Well, kind of like what happened to Todd on Sunday. Um, but like Taylor Moore was inside the cut line and he was looking good. He was like four or five under, and then the 10th hole, which is a par five, he hits his driveway left. Uh, and then he's still got like 200 yards for his third shot, hits that in the water, you know, makes double bogey. And all of a sudden, boom, you go from being safe to, you know, Hey, the cut line's three or four under par. Uh, and now you're not going to make it. So I was, uh, Bemoaning that, I guess, on cha- on the uh, live feed instead of being there. But, uh, yeah, that was my story. Um, you know, how'd you break your toe? Nothing manly like, oh, I dropped a you know cement block on it or something. Nope, water slide. Uh, broken toe. So, I mean, that was I'm my like, fun over the Yeah,
3: holiday. I like that story better. Um, <laughs> and they can't do anything for a broken toe, right?
2: Nope. So, and it wasn't displaced. Like, it wasn't like my toe was facing the wrong way. It was just a one the bone leading from the foot to the toe. Uh, And I sprained my ankle a little bit, but that wasn't as bad as the toe. Uh, So, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, put a little piece of foam in between your toes and tape them together for about a week. And it hurt, like, heck to walk uh, for about six days. And then it started, like, yesterday, I guess I could say I'm probably back up to, like, 75%. So still walking with a little limp. But uh, and it was, I mean, the kids had a blast. Like, you know, when your kid gets to, like, so how old is your son now? Almost eight. Yeah. So when he gets to like 10, 11, 12, like for a holiday or a birthday gathering with his friends and stuff like the, the water slide daily rental, like they come, they came over, they set it up. Uh, I signed a waiver, which I guess was for my own safety uh, to (laughs) sign the waiver. Uh, Probably generally for the kids to not break anything, but no, it was for me. Uh, They set it up, you know, you, and you're good to go and you get it for like eight hours and then they come, they take it down and take it away. I had to do zero work um, other than injuring myself, but the kids, man, it was like five hours up playing on that thing for the eight hours that we had it. So it's a good, when they get to that like teenage age, they're just like difficult to start, you know, buying things for. And so it was a good holiday slash birthday thing and until I hurt my toe. <laughs> I was having fun too until I hurt myself. So, uh, good reminder that you uh you aren't a kid anymore sometimes i'll slap you in the face anyway uh back to the uh i i got i got sidetracked there for a second but i think we pretty much got through the 7k range we like a lot of the euro tour guys in here uh anybody else above seven thousand that we didn't mention that you kind of like
3: Yeah, Mr. Gerg uh, mentioned Ferguson, and uh, first name E-W-E-N. Is that Owen? Ewan? Ewan. How would you pronounce that? Ewan? Uh, He's Scottish. He's got a couple top tens in his last five starts. I don't mind that call. And then if you want to play the Ryder Cup angle, Yannick Paul has a chance to play himself onto it. So if he had a big week this week, that could really propel him up those standings. Um, He's been playing well all year. He is at 7,100. And I just had to note this. He's been terrible all year. But Eric Van Ruyen, I was <laughs> perusing uh, scoresandodds.com, the the betting board. He's 1,500 to 1 to win this event.
2: Well, bad year confirmed then.
3: That, like that's, that's – He 6x. hasn't made a
2: cut since uh, the Mexico Open.
3: That's 6X anyone else priced around him on DraftKings.
2: That's kind of strange. But – uh, miscut <laughs> times seven, uh, yeah. in a row on his ledger here, but, but still that's pretty big odds. Yeah. Throw anyway, a I'm not buying him, but yeah. Put a dollar on it. You who's, get to,
3: who's that one guy you bet that one time?
2: Uh, that's not narrowing it down very much because I do that all <laughs> was, the time, but
3: yeah, it was, uh... I think it
2: was back when Adam Svensson wasn't any good. Um, mm. I, I, it was probably something beyond that, but I did bet Adam Spencer at like 250 once. Uh, and he's gotten a lot better. Since yeah. That.
3: See, now that looks good.
2: Yeah. I was just early uh, on the train, but, uh, I don't remember that. Uh, there's too many of those, uh, woeful 5 or $10 throwaways that, uh, that I probably shouldn't have done. Lots of happy meals gone by the wayside. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Into the 6K range we go, which, uh, is going to be littered either with people that you know, a lot of folks don't really know that much about, or uh, guys that are struggling on the PGA Tour, like Horschel, Taylor Montgomery. You know, these are guys that have kind of uh, struggled of late, and I guess there's quite a few Euro Tour kind of strugglers in here as well. Uh, it's tough to go down here this week. Uh, it is kind of maybe a week where it benefits to have. You know, um, model data like Noto's, Noto does because perhaps somebody will pop that uh, maybe you're not thinking of. Uh, Marcel Seam was the one guy I noticed that has pretty good form on the uh, DP World Tour right now at 6,600. 10th last week, uh, he has a second in June. He was 23rd at the British Masters as well. So Seam at 6,600 uh, was just the one guy that popped out to me in here. Uh, you got anybody in the 6Ks that. Uh, pops out to you
3: yeah the model likes gavin green he's been playing pretty well he's played here three times um miscut 42nd miscut but he's at least familiar with the course uh, one name that's just fun to say is uh sally Valamaki. um he is at 6400 uh made the cut here last year or sorry yeah yeah made the cut here last year 224 Playing decently well. And then a couple of American guys, Dylan Wu, I mean, he was 20-something percent owned last week, and now he's probably going to get overlooked. He's been playing well, kind of a guy that can get it done in all facets. He is 6,700. And Michael Kim, uh, on that same note, missed a cut last week, so I think that's going to help lower his ownership at 6,600.
2: And Michael Kim having a really strong year, and he misses the cut at the tournament that he won when he couldn't do anything. Uh, golf is a crazy game but uh yeah kind of like some of those names uh, how about, i just noticed jamie donaldson's in the field here this week uh, he was uh, a dfs thing once upon a time but uh, hadn't been making much noise for a couple years doesn't have a ton of starts this year but uh, has made a couple of cuts in a row on the dp world tour so uh just some interesting names here that maybe you could consider if you are going full on punt but there are a lot of names in the lower 7k range as well all right uh well it's been a couple weeks you want to try to fire up a snake draft tonight yeah let's do it all right uh, we've kind of settled on the six man i think being the preferred route uh, looks like there is a five dollar six man on DraftKings that doesn't have anybody in it right now i'm going to be number one and uh, if you are not interested in following us along as we do a live snake draft on the air, if you are interested, uh, feel free to come join. We'll need uh, five or well, four additional people beyond us. Uh, and we'll knock that out real quick here at the end of the show. But if you are not doing the snake draft, uh, thanks as always for checking us out. Leave us a thumbs up uh, on the YouTube page. Subscribe to the channel helps us out very much and uh, appreciate you all watching. Check back next week for sure uh, for the open championship. Uh, Should be a lot of fun next week. So thanks as always for those of you who are tuning out right now. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next week.